James chapter 1 verses 1 through 2. This letter is from James, a slave of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. I am writing to the twelve tribes, Jewish believers scattered abroad. Greetings, dear brothers and sisters. When troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Interestingly, this letter is one of those letters, like First and Second Peter, 3 John, and even Jude, that is sent out, but not to a particular church. In fact, James simply says that it is for the twelve tribes living in the diaspora, or dispersion, when the Jewish nation lost their homeland. If you notice, it is sent to the Jewish believers scattered abroad. This letter had a particular audience, and therefore, it has a bent toward the chosen audience. There are definitely Jewishisms in this book, but he makes it clear who he is writing for. Now, does this mean there is nothing for us in this writing, as we are not from the Jewish tradition? Of course not. We can gain a great deal of insight, but we need to always remember the primary audience to which James was writing in order to correctly understand the cultural and religious context to which he was speaking. And who was James? This could be a long discussion, especially with the neglect this book saw in the early history of the church. However, for our purposes, we are going to settle on the fact that it was a relatively famous early church father by the name of James. Many propose that it was the brother of Jesus, and there is a great case for this. The question of authorship, we will leave for another time, but it is an interesting conversation that can be traced through Christian history, even to the time of reformers. There's a positive tone to the second verse of this book. James jumps right in to tell us that any bit of trouble, there can be great joy to be found. This is of particular importance for us in 2020, a year that we will look back at as unprecedented in its troubles for the world. Pandemics, tornadoes, earthquakes, volcanoes, and the general desperation of a human population seeking to find its footing amongst these experiences. I am writing this from my garage, converted in this pandemic to my office, as we are still under a shelter-in-place order due to COVID-19. The first admonition in the book is to find opportunity for great joy in crisis. One could even say this book is relatively clear in the assumption that stress and hardship in our lives are predictable. This may be new to many of us who have been living relatively blessed and trouble-free lives. However, let us be carefully equating our lives as blessed if they are struggle-free. If we do this and take it to its logical end, then those who are wealthy and have no real problems are somehow seen as more blessed by God. Biblical examples show us that a trouble-free life does not equate itself with blessing. Rather, see the book of Philippians to see how Paul considered himself blessed in the midst of trouble. This book begins knowing there is a way that Christians should consider their lives and hardship, and troubles are not to be seen as anything more than an opportunity for great joy. I understand how this sounds. It's sort of pie-in-the-sky type of thinking. However, what have you found to be the joy that came to you and your family in this year's troubles? My family was able to be together again, which is a great joy, but there were many more. Our church grew, our network of churches grew as well, and we learned new skills and we came together as a people with a greater desire to worship and connect. Was this trouble worth it? That is a question for the history books, I suppose. But there is joy in trouble. Of that, we can be sure. 
What joy did you find in your troubles so far this year? How can you look at blessing differently than simply having things go well? If you could tell people about 2020 in 20 years, what would you say changed in your life for the better and for the worse?